Blog Talk Radio. Ho, ho, ho. You're listening to the Alpha Show. Therefore, tonight, have we truly become the inheritors of our American legacy, a government more dangerous to our liberty than is the enemy it claims to protect us from. You get to a point of sky is green, grass is blue. You get to a point of who can you believe? Who will you believe? You're tuned in to TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. Men with no brains, no heart, and no balls. She wouldn't be in Oz. She'd be in Congress. confusion. That's what we've had all week long. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Where do you start? Where do you start? Do you start off with that carnival show of a convention from the RNC? Where do you start? You know, if you put on a show like that, what does that say about how you're going to run the country? And does it bode well for progressives in this nation and people of critical thought? You have to be some kind of damn sicko, some kind of sicko to believe that Donald Trump is going to somehow save you. Like he said in his very narcissistic way, he's the only one that can save you. Now imagine, just just imagine that thought. He is the only one in the country that can save you from what? People of color and lawlessness, the rule of law, 
protect the police. And, oh, by the way, the police shot a unarmed um, care worker who had um, located a autistic runaway, and they shot him in the leg. With his hands up, they shot him in Oh, They shot him because he's black. You damn skippy. Because he asked the officer, he said, sir, why did you shoot me? And the officer says, I don't know. I don't know why I shot you. And, of course, the sheriff or the captain, whoever in the hell is in charge has been suspended for changing the story. There has to be accountability. There has to be some kind of reckoning for these types of events to continue is not an option. And I've received some criticism for my stance on shoot first or shoot back because that seems to be every single week somebody black gets either shot or over-the-top abuse. They pulled over a 103-pound black woman, school teacher. And um, to make her comply, they threw her around like a rag, slammed her to the pavement, and cuffed her, and the whole nine yards. Something has to change, and something will change. Because there weren't these random shootings of police officers. And the more uh, over-the-top police get, the more you'll see them being held held to street justice. And I'm not an advocate for that, but that seems to be the only thing, only logical thing that will work after a judge acquitted the cop who jumped on top of the car and fired 15 rounds into the front of the car where the two people sat, unarmed people. And they both died, and no charges, no charges. He fell he, with a hail of 134 bullets, the last 15 coming out of his gun. He was afraid for his life, so he jumped up on the hood of the car and in, a, in an act of heroic fashion and emptied a clip into the front seat. Empty the clip into the front seat. But that's where we are. And it doesn't seem to um, bode well for peace and harmony, especially since you have to take into account that there are so many of these incidents popping up. So many. You cannot mansplain none of this away. The only thing that explains this is ghost soldiers of the Klan. And that's simply who they are. So, I'm going to get back to that, but I'm also going to cover, finish covering this convention that was just held. And Hillary Clinton, I got to tell you, is she She's damn near like Barack Obama. She makes it tough to support her. Makes it tough to support her. And in fact, 
I can't support her except to say I'm against Donald Trump. And since Jill Steins has like um, the old snowball's chance in hell and um, the um, Dan Savage, yes, it was uh, it was Dan Savage who 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 basically took the, the Green Party to task. And he took the Green Party to task because he was absolutely right. And Dan Savage, um, he wrote in this little, whatever the hell you want to call it, a short story, whatever the hell you want to call it. Let me go to that. And he says, where are the Green Party candidates for the city council, the county councils, the state legislators, the state assessors, the state insurance commission for governor for fucking dog catcher. I would be so willing to vote for Green Party candidates who are starting at the bottom grassroots, bottom up, building a third party, a viable third party. You don't do that by trotting out reanimated corpse of a Ralph fucking Nader every four years. It's Jill Steins now and some asshole to be named four years from now. You start by running grassroots, local campaigns, and there have been many opportunities, and I'm sure we're going to hear from a lot of people out there listening. There's been a couple of Green Party candidates who've run in other races. And they're across the country. But no substantial effort to build a Green Party. Now, Jill Steins, they they, uh, listed her platform. And they're basically similar to those of Bernie Sanders, which I support. But Political reality, folks. Political reality. That train has passed the Green Party by about 90 miles an hour or 300 miles an hour if you live in one of those modern cities like France or Japan or the speed train nations. But the third party, it's... It's a great idea. You can get away from these Wall Street Dinos, Blue Dolls, what give it a name. But get away from it. So what does Hillary do? She's got to be one of the worst campaigners out there. She goes and picks Tim Kaine is vice president. Tim Kaine, let's see. Tim Kaine is for the TPP. Tim Kaine wants to deregulate the banks, just like Bush did. But he's supposed to be some type of Democrat. He's a Wall Street Democrat, the quintessential blue dog, Dino. And all they can say about him is he's a nice guy. 
He's a nice guy. Now, he may be a nice guy, but that's not going to cut it. And when I say it's not going to cut it, it's not going to cut it with her base. She she basically pulls the plug of enthusiasm out of the Sanders supporters who wanted a strong progressive. Shoot yourself in the foot. She She's constantly blowing herself up with these decisions. And I'm in agreement with the many of you out there who are saying, who are choking off, who are basically choking up to the collar, but you know you got no place else to go. You know this. So I'll tell you like this. If you want, sit home and watch Donald Trump walk into the Oval Office, of which he's already stated in the offer to Casey. He told John Kasich that he would be the most powerful vice president in the history of this nation. You know why? Because he doesn't plan to do any goddamn work to be president. He's going to delegate that duty to Casey. But no, Casey said, hell no. So he took the same offer to Mike, the um, Christian Sharia candidate. Okay of Indiana, and they seem to be enamored with this this Sharia law Christian, because that's exactly what he, what he is. Religious freedoms and religious liberties and you name it, the man is one of the worst nightmares. The worst nightmares you can hope for. So now you, you 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 come full circle. You come full circle. Do I dislike Hillary so much that I'll allow Donald Trump to become president because I'll just sit at home on my hands or cast my vote for the third party? The vortex of a commode flesh. Is the only sound you'll hear. If that be the case. But let's not major in the minors. You have a choice, and you're going to have a choice. Choice is yours. Stay your ass home. Get out there with a with a paint with a uh, clothes. What is what they call it? Uh, uh, that you hang your clothes on the line with. I guess I'm getting old. And and uh, put it on your nose. And vote. You may not be happy, but you will be relieved. Because Donald Trump brings you a level of ignorance, a level of bigoted racism, a level of Christian Sharia that many of you may not survive. Many of you may not survive. And 
let's just let's just call the song exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. Donald Trump gave his acceptance speech where he claims America one of the highest tax nation in the world. Well, America's the 30th highest tax nation in the world. And when I say that, I'll say it like this. America's the 30th tax nation in the world. 30th, not the highest, but by him telling the lies to the robots who follow him, to the people who believe he's going to make this country dog whistle back to the 50s, digging it great again, that sets well with each and every last one of them. So he was wrong there. America's not the highest tax nation in the world. The crime rate is soaring. The crime rate is down. He's wrong on that. But that allows him to then turn around and in the same breath say he's going to be the law-and-order candidate. Unbelievable. Obama's blamed for poor infrastructure. When the infrastructure bill is blocked by the GOP, The 2.1 unemployed Latinos is way off. America is marred by chaos at home and weakness abroad. Wrong. Not only factually false, a distorted view of what the nation stands for. Why is it that when Democrats are in office, the nation is going to hell in the handbasket if you listen to Republicans? And it's also, and you are deemed a anti-un-American when Republicans are in office and you criticize the direction of the nation. And can somebody please, please, if you, if you have, somebody tell me, why does it take a comedian? to ring the right bells and message. How is it that Republican hypocrisy can be so obvious and yet the message from the Democratic Party is so so silent? How is it that Republicans can take to the airwaves and say so much negative or if you want, don't want to be politically, politically correct, tell so many damn lies. And it takes a comedian to explain the entire girth of Republican hypocrisy. Somebody has to explain that to me. But the Republicans appear to have a very clear plan uh, for America. They've uh, articulated it throughout the convention. Uh, One, jail your political opponent. Uh, Two, inject Rudy Giuliani with a speedball and Red Bull enema. And uh, (laughs) 
And then three spend the rest of the time scaring the holy bejesus out of everybody. <laughs> but I'm not interested in that. I'm actually interested in gymnastics. With the Rio Olympics coming up, I I'm enjoying the gymnastics portion of the program that's about to occur. That will be the contortions that many conservatives will now have to do to embrace Donald J. Trump. <laughs> A man who clearly embodies all the things that they have for years said that they have hated about Barack Obama. The most inexperienced nominee to ever run for president. One of the most divisive presidents in history. Notoriously thin-skinned. Straightforwardly authoritarian. A raging narcissist who has no grip on reality. A thin-skinned narcissist with no government experience. Yes, that sounds exactly like Barack Obama. <laughs> so now the right-wing media is going to have to spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week, justifying this choice they've made. Can they make the turn? <laughs> they already are. Let's trace their journey through the eyes of one of their most talented gymnasts. Um... Ah, his name escapes me. Let's just refer to him as Lumpy. <laughs> hey, Lumpy. For instance, here's how Lumpy felt about Barack Obama's divisiveness. This president is the most divisive president in history. Scare tactics, class warfare, racial rhetoric, divided along racial lines, rich versus poor, black versus white, old versus young. Cats versus dogs! <laughs> Batman versus Superman! I've been out of the business a while. I don't know what that is, actually. Uh, well, if you don't like divisiveness, what about when Trump suggested Mexico is sending us their rapists? If you don't like divisiveness... Perhaps rhetoric, inarticulate, but he did say, you know, some people are good people. He didn't say all Mexicans. Oh, no, you're right. And Cinco de Mayo, we had the Trump Tower Taco Bowl. And that's uh, one of the healingest meals on the Trump Tower menu. I am not an expert uh, on racial unity. But I do believe that some of our more vaunted historical leaders in that area did retweet white supremacists less than Trump. So I believe, I'm just saying. Then there was the Obama crony that Lumpy couldn't stand, his old friend Teleprompty. President Obama, he can't read a sentence without a teleprompter. Oh, he sleeps with the darn thing. Probably sleeps with the darn thing. And then probably doesn't call it the next day because it didn't say so on the teleprompter. <laughs> Lumpy, you're 180, please. We've seen him now give a series of, of policy speeches using a teleprompter, staying on message, really well done for somebody who had never done it before. You hate teleprompters! <laughs> you're saying now teleprompters are for stupid people, and I thought Trump handled it pretty good. Okay, inexperience aside, divisiveness aside, the worst thing about Barack Obama is his elitism. Barack Obama is anything but mainstream. Sitting in his million-dollar home, claiming to be for the people, we have to wonder how in touch he is with the average American. Take a look at him ordering his burger with a very special condiment. Dijon mustard? I hope you enjoyed that fancy burger, Mr. President. <laughs> yeah, you elitist. 
you probably eat that burger with your mouth <laughs> instead of acting like a real American and having a Magnum fired up your ass like they serve them, like they serve them at Arby's. That's how they serve them, actually, at Arby's. They shoot them right up your ass. Meanwhile, here's how Lumpy feels about the guy who sits in a literal golden throne at the top of a golden tower with his name in gold letters at the top of it, eating pizza with a knife and sword. How do you feel about that guy? I thought one of the more fascinating descriptions of your dad came from you. You once called him on my show a blue-collar billionaire. That's not a thing. You know what? I, please. It is true. Trump does seem like the kind of guy you want to sit down and own a fleet of airplanes with. Look, all, all that stuff is actually superficial. And I'm sure it's easy for people without ethics or principles to embrace someone who embodies everything that they said they hated about the previous president for the past eight years. Because really for a president, it's about what's inside. And that's where Lumpy and friends, that's where they really have found the president lacking. Who sits in the pews of Jeremiah uh, G.D. America and America's chickens have come home to roost after 9-11? Is, is that a Christian church to you? Say, he says he's a Christian. I'm a Christian. I wouldn't go to Reverend Wright's church. Obama would. He's the type of Christian that's, you know, not Christian. Well, you know what, though? When the Pope said that Trump's talk about immigration was not Christian, surely that gave lumpy pause. Who is the Pope to say that Donald Trump's not a Christian? How can a pope or anybody right. decide if somebody's a Christian in their heart? Yeah! Who died and made that guy pope? <laughs> oh, actually, what? Is it... oh, I feel like I just retired. I feel that. You see, it doesn't take long for them to flip, flop on everything they criticize the president the sitting president about before he became president. Being skinned, narcissistic, there was an army out there with that message, and it still didn't work. It still didn't work because some way, somehow, the American people could see. And I don't know if that's what they're counting on with Donald Trump, because the messaging is basically the same from the Democrats. It's cricket-worthy because you hear no pushback. Why does it take a comedian to basically roast the Republican Party on their hypocrisy, to basically roast the Republican Party on their nonsense, to expose them as, as partisan hacks? You talk to me about fiscal responsibility. You want to chime in on uh, debt because the debt was never important until a Democrat comes into office. The Republican Party, a clusterfuck of misinformation and propaganda. To a wholeheartedly complicit electorate. The voters have been 
so dumbed down that it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder if they can claim stupidity above bigotry and that, oh, I don't know about this black man. Yeah, he's half white, but he's still a black man. The nation is basically morally bankrupt and has been morally bankrupt for 400 years. Oh, you've got a black president now. Racism's over. No. Racism has basically taken a different path. It's turned the rudder on the ship, and it's moved into the new Jim Crow, as Michelle Alexander's book firmly states. We'll put them in prison to keep them enslaved. We'll take away their right to vote so we'll always have power. And we'll continue the drumbeat with voter suppression. We'll make it legal to disenfranchise voters. There is a bigger war. There's a bigger end game here than the dislike of a Hillary Clinton. But take your choice. You're going to have Mike Pence. For those, there are too many people who don't know about Mike Pence. Mike Pence is a very, very scary person. And um, Mike Pence is going to bring a whole new meaning to the term Sharia law. This will be Christian Sharia. If you don't know Mike Pence, Here's a little bit about Mike Pence. Mike Pence was his VP. Yesterday I went off on a considerable rant about how Trump had promised Kasich that he would become the most powerful VP in history. He would run the country while Trump would play the role of chairman of the board. He'd just kind of oversee things, set policy broadly. And uh, apparently he's made the same deal, or probably he's made the same deal with Mike Pence. So who the hell is Mike Pence? Well, Frank Schaefer has some insights into this. He's a New York Times bestselling author of more than a dozen books, including Crazy for God, How I Grew Up as One of the Elect, Helped Found the Religious Right, and Lived to Take All or Almost All of It Back. Uh, Frank was raised in a fundamentalist mission. His website is frankschaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R.com. And Frank, welcome back to the program. It's been a while. Hey, it's always good to hear your voice. How are you doing? I'm well, and, and it's nice to have you back with us. Um, you say that uh, Mike Pence is a reconstructionist who believes in legislating Old Testament morality. What is a reconstructionist? Well, you know, he was raised a Roman Catholic, and then he accepted Jesus as his personal savior, as the evangelical lingo goes, and became what they call a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, weird right there when you think that, you know, they become Christians out of the Roman Catholic Church, which kind of history regarded as kind of Christian, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But anyway, that's aside from that. But he then got into the far right of the evangelical movement, that is the Reconstructionist movement that is run by people who, first of all, take the Bible, all of it, completely literally. In other words, these are guys who don't believe in global warming, but they really do believe in Noah's Ark, and not the one in in Kansas either, the one they think is sitting somewhere on top of Mount Ararat. He doesn't believe in evolution, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a political spin to this because back in the 70s, a a gentleman by the name of Rusas Rushduni, who I knew personally when I myself was a religious right leader, 
uh, as I talk about in Crazy for God for people who want to know why I got out. But that's a different story. But Rush Dooney and people like my late father, Francis Schaeffer, and others held out that we had to return to a biblical moral code, which they interpreted as a literal interpretation of Old Testament law. In other words, stone gay people to death. Uh, you know, adulterers have to be punished. All these things that you read about in the Old Testament that most Christians through history, even in the Middle Ages, uh, did not take as a literal instruction to Christians. But Rush Dooney, for instance, talked about hanging gay people, and this would be uh, correct. And the equivalent, of course, today is ISIS and the and the radical Islamic movement that came out of the Wahhabist uh, movement from Saudi Arabia. So there's an equivalent in other religions, but what surprises people is to learn the influence, not directly on the American people, but through leaders like Pence, through people like the late uh, Chuck Colson, who was Nixon's hatchet man and also became a Christian and a Reconstructionist. And essentially, these guys don't get up on a platform and say, hey, we want to stone gay people. But what they do is they try to turn America subtly into a theocracy. So, for instance, Pence not only wanting to make abortion illegal, but in the state of Indiana, signing a law that said that people had the right to discriminate against gay couples based on their Christian faith. And then he backed down on that after a tremendous furore. But the fact is, little by little, these folks would like to roll back what we consider to be civil liberties based in a secular rule of law and replace it with the Bible. That's right. who the Reconstructionists are. Pence is one of them. Well, and, 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 and with regard to women and abortion, I understand that Indiana is one of only two states in which, and this was a law that Mike Pence championed and signed, in which if a woman is pregnant with a badly deformed fetus that would normally be aborted, you know, let's try again, um, right. that uh, Pence will use the power of the state. Uh, we'll, we'll send a police officer to your home if necessary or put, put this woman in jail to force her to carry her pregnancy to full term. And well, if she yeah, fails and, to do that, I mean, she goes to jail. Yeah, and look at the way he interprets religious liberty. To him, religious liberty is giving evangelical fundamentalist Christians who are like-minded with him the right, for instance, in the case of, of places like Wheaton College and Gordon and others to discriminate against gays and women. For instance, Wheaton College uh, went to this evangelical school outside of, of, of Chicago, went to the Supreme Court uh, at the same time as the Hobby Lobby uh, decision to argue that they didn't, they didn't have to give their women access to insurance coverage for contraceptives. Gordon College, just down the street from where I live here in Massachusetts, where I'm sitting today, uh, the president of that school wrote a letter to President Obama demanding that on the basis of religious liberty, they be allowed to fire faculty and dismiss students uh, who were gay and that they wouldn't have to obey the ordinary laws of citizenship. And then Pence, of course, is the same in Indiana saying, well, you know, if you're a Christian and want to discriminate against a gay couple and not rent them a house, you should be able to follow your conscience. And so to them, religious liberty equals taking away the civil rights of other people. And that's Mike Pence. That's who would be running the country. Not Donald Trump. Because he's too busy. He is, how would the author, the author of the book, Art of the Deal, has been on uh, the news cycles, uh, basically excoriating this hack. And short on attention span, unknowing of facts, be it a government or anything else. He is a pompous delegator who will basically dole out responsibility. 
He will run the country like a game show. Like the apprentice. He'll be the apprentice. Yeah. Get with it. You only have two choices. And I wouldn't hang my hat on either one. Close pin. That's the term I was looking for. But I'm going to take my close pin with me when I go vote. And I hope Donald Trump doesn't become president. With all the lies he told, he's basically stirred up the anti-Hillary crowd. And you heard him put her in jail. She should be shot for treason. The whole nine yards. But it's the Democrats who are divisive. The Nazi tactics, the projection, they admit nothing, deny everything, and accuse everyone of what you are guilty of crowd is at it again. You remember Mitt Romney? He wanted to tell everybody what Barack Obama was about, what he was going to do, and the whole nine yards. History, history has put it out there. These are the great prognostications of a conservative history. First, you can't can't free slaves, America will collapse. That was the talking point. You can't allow unionization or industry will collapse. Wrong. Just the opposite. You you can't grant equal rights to women or society will collapse. Didn't happen. You can't collect federal income tax or the economy will collapse. These are all things conservatives, Republicans have put forth as talking points against things that have basically worked and worked well. You can't restrict child labor or industry will collapse. You can't enact Social Security or the economy will collapse. You can't enforce a minimum wage or industry will collapse. There's always fear tactics. There's always you can't permit interracial marriage or society will collapse. You can't allow communism or America will collapse. You can't end segregation or society will collapse. You see, society has been collapsing for these people ever since the 1860s. That's when they swore America would collapse if you freed the slaves. You can't grant equal rights to minorities. Oh, America will collapse. You can't regulate pollution or industry will collapse. You can't teach about AIDS or society will collapse. You can't raise the debt ceiling or the economy will collapse. And, of course, if you legalize gay marriage, society will collapse. 
there's no bulb bright enough to go off in the heads of the stupid American voters. What what does it say, or when does it say, when do the neon lights and the sign appear that says, it's the Republicans, stupid? It's the Republicans. 929-477. 929-477. 929-477-2867. If you want to chime in, if you want to simply call in and see how I'm doing or how I'm feeling, if you simply want to talk about it. But like I said, and I've always said, and I will continue to say, don't get caught short. You don't have to just have a thought. You have to have a good thought. You have to have a thought of, I would say, logical thought. Until then, <laughs> No matter what, know your values. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult, real raw, right now. The I Declare Show, Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I Declare it. The I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I declare it's real, raw, and right now, the I Declare Show with India Declare. Our common ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Saturday, 10 p.m. Join us live and live it on On our common ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our common ground, where friends come to meet comrades. I'm Janice Graham. You're listening to the Alpha Show on TruthWorks Network. Now back to Alpha. Uh, India Declare, the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 8 o'clock Central Time, here at Blog Talk Radio, the I Declare Show, the real raw. And right now, the I Declare Show, tomorrow night. Our Common Ground, hosted by Janice Graham, our Janice's guest. Uh, let me see here. Let me say this. 
I was born in 1950. Growing up, the first woman that I ever understood knew to be a political force was Shirley Chisholm. Yep. And by the time she was a presidential candidate, I was an adult with a child of around eight or nine years old. So I'm not going to have any feminists get out your girl card party because Hillary Clinton is the nominee for the Democratic Party. That's that is not going to happen. So here we are. Um, I, I, I watched Chris Christie, who, by the way, gave a speech that was originally styled by Malcolm X and then used by Louis Farrakhan, and nobody noticed. That style of call and response, guilty, was created by Malcolm and exercised and used prominently by Louis Farrakhan, but nobody's, nobody's, you know, said anything about that. But anyway, and 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 the other part of the of this convention that I watched was last night. I was simply in awe of um, everything that went on there last night. So here we are, backed up against the wall, and my disappointment is that. While we disrupted, interrupted, and erupted on Bernie Sanders, the hashtag, the movement, or whatever, Black Lives Matter and black people ought to get off their ass, never happened around using the mechanism, the platform, and expanding it for black people as it always happens, the Bernie Sanders thing. You know, well, I hate to Well, I'm going to say this again. I said it last week. Bernie Sanders basically undercut his own message, undercut his own campaign by not being able to go in with the rabbit dog attack on how the revenues of this nation are distributed. Well, they asked him how he was going to pay for free college. How was he going to pay for Medicare for all? He didn't have an answer. But, 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 but that begs the question. Black people had the opportunity to be a lateral arm separate and distinguished differently around an agenda to challenge the Democratic Party, to say to Hillary, to say to Debbie Schwartznegger or whatever her name is, Schutzmengen, uh, Deborah, who am I talking about, Alpha? Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Okay. <laughs> to say, to, to challenge. 
<laughs> Debbie Cakes, to say to to that institution, you will not move forward without our voice, without our presence, and without our agenda. Otherwise, we will leave you holding your no, you know what, even if well, your candidate is female. Well, let me put it like this, Jack. The black voters, A, they don't vote. B, they don't pay attention. Some of us do pay attention, but not enough of us to make a difference. You were speaking let me explain, in the same Let me explain this to you, Alpha. I'm not going to explain this not one more time to you this year. You ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. And you get you can you can abandon me. You can not send me catfish or ribs. But I'm going to tell you this. Hillary Clinton is not going to make it without the black vote. But she's got that already. How you keep saying that but you cannot deny she is winning and has already won the black vote. And she's well, we'll, already we'll, just we'll see we'll see what the what what them black people saying tomorrow after uh Tim Kane. How the hell what do you mean what the black people gonna say tomorrow after Tim Kane? They're not even you listening. You know them people were sitting around waiting for Cory Booker or Julian Castro, who was the weakest link in, in all of this. Are you saying the black people were waiting for Cory Booker, the one who said that criticizing the, the crony capitalism was so nauseating, nauseating? You know, Cory Booker Al- is, is one step away from Tim Kaine. One step. Either way. I, I understand that, but you know how we worship black faces in high places no matter what the hell they do. Andy Young, nobody took him apart when he did his black black youth in Atlanta are super predator, uh, predators. We, okay. He just said that last week, week before last. So okay. I'm, just gonna, well, I'm not going to take up all your time. But I'm telling you, I'm not arguing with you about this anymore. I'm just going to say to you what you say to me. Here we are again. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? That's my question. Where are you going to go? Or let me put it like this. Within two weeks' time, I may be voting for Trump. Because I'm so fed up. I'm so, I know you didn't I'm say so, that. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm so fed up. I'm so sick and tired and trying to convince people of political reality. The political re- You know, I'm beginning to sound like, uh, what's your guy's name? Uh, the, 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 the crazy boy out of New York. What's his name? <laughs> what's his, what, what's the funny name? Yeah, you better not be calling well, Willie Willie. You crazy. That's my well, boy. Well, Clay Farrell and his, and his, and his un, unmistakable defense of Barack Obama, as Barack Obama was feeding everybody a goddamn cheese sandwich and calling it um, a hoagie. Okay, let me, you know, I got to tell you, uh, trying to convince people, and I see it all on Facebook, people that we are friends with, people who we share 
friendships with on Facebook. And it's always Hillary this, Hillary that, Hillary emails. Well, what the hell are you going to do? Vote for Trump? Yeah, we, all, we all might as well vote for Trump and just, you know, let it be. Let, let well, Donald Trump well, well, and let Mike Pence run the show. Damn. Well, just you damn. know, um, I, I just... I just I listened to that maniac madman last night when he essentially dared black activists, protesters, and dissenters. I mean, he literally threatened black activists and protesters last night. He said to Black Lives Matter with his foot down. You go in the street, I will send in the military, and we will wipe you out. That's essentially what he was saying. That's basically what he was saying. I know. And I'm saying, you know, you had the nerve yeah. to get to, to use your boys. You know, the Rolling Stones are your boys. You know that. Rolling, <laughs> the Rolling and when the balloons came down last night, they played. You can't get everything you want. Did you hear that? Did you did you pick that up? I did, I can't say I picked it up because I was watching a baseball game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You I mean, you just so that, that, That's how much. That's how much what he was saying basically resonated with me. He was lying. lying. He was he was striking fear, and that's all he did was lie yeah. and film us. And people have but, to understand you know, that. You I'm going to tell you. you I'm going to I'm going to tell you one thing. With all that's going on around this election, there are things happening in our government, and this is really on a serious note. There are things happening in our government. Rules, guidelines, and directives that have come out of the Department of Justice, have come out of HUD, have come out of the Department of Health and Human Services, as well as Homeland Security, are being dismantled as we speak. Those are the things, those are the instruments that the government uses for enforcement of our laws, directives, uh, rules, guidelines that they give to people, agencies, jurisdictions that receive federal funding. I'll give you one example. Uh, Over the last three years, the president has had as one of its initiatives to create a disparate impact rule for fair housing in this country so that we could break up uh, predatory lending, segregated public housing in places like Westchester. Westchester, if people who are listening to you really want to check this out, you should really know the story of Westchester County, New York. And as we speak, all of these agencies are backing away from these directives and these new rules to clarify what the law means because they are afraid that Congress is going to come after them. It's really sad. 
it's it's very sad. And if you saw the executive order that was issued by the president today, which is essentially bottom line, gives police departments, state troopers, and federal police the ability to use military tactics on domestic soil. Check it out, whitehouse.gov. He issued that today. And then, of course, you got the, you got that hillbilly uh, Ben Carson and that hillbilly Richard Clark and that and and all these other hillbillies running around, black hillbillies, coonifying what all this means. And there you have it, Alpha. You know that. And I'm I'm not gonna call you on uh, t- you know t- later on tonight and go through this with you again, but yes, I'm telling you, you tomorrow, tomorrow they're going to be despite what people think, they're gonna be some black people mad as hell over Tim Kaine, and not because not because he's any better or worse than Cory Booker or or Castro. But because we've got this affliction, and the affliction is we need to see black faces in high places no matter how much damage they do in that place. And they thought that Missy Hillary was going to deliver. And she didn't. We all, but we knew that, right, Alpha? We knew that. We knew, we knew that. They, they thought yep. Barack Obama was going to deliver, and he didn't. So if 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 by February I'm broadcasting from St. Kitts, from Ghana, from Cuba, I can't I can't broadcast. I can't go to Cuba, Alpha, because their Wi-Fi internet stuff is all screwed up. Well, if but, you go anywhere, um, Madagascar. I hope the mosquitoes eat your ass up too. <laughs> don't get enough you don't, don't get enough of going over there Where the mosquitoes are as big as rocks You don't get enough Okay Alpha Well I'm going to sit here and I, I bought a, um, a I'm telling everybody on your show The secrets we always keep I bought a, a bottle of 25 year old scotch uh, single malt. Wow, so And we're we're taking it for a run tonight. <laughs> Alpo, well, great, great opening on your show tonight. I'm glad you took a break, well, but you know sometimes it, it, it. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Tomorrow night we're well, gonna have an open mic. But yeah, we've got open, some people stopping by. Tomorrow. We've got we've got some, you know, we got the interlocutors, uh, Yvette and uh, Carnell and Tommy Curry and and Pascal Robert. Uh, uh, is going to run through. Sandy Darity is going to run name? through. What? What's the guy with the funny name? Irami Osei Frempong. Well, that's a Ghanaian name. Okay, what? all right. Oh, say can you see? 
you know, try to get some friends with some with some real names like Leroy, Bebe. I mean, I know. I, I told Irami I was going to name I was going to name him Tyrone. <laughs> Tyrone, Luther. Luther. I mean, come on. You you posted that name in the private chat the other night, and I'm but like, he, what? His his father is from Ghana. He's Ghanaian. I ain't helping me pronounce his name. Just yeah. damn. You know, and and the other thing that I do want to say, I think we we are going to have to take black people are going to have to take our safety. Um, seriously and have concerns about being about and around. The white nationalist movement in this country has been growing exponentially since um, Barack Obama was elected. And now they believe that they have permission by virtue under law to operate. So we, we have to be Real careful. I've had some. I've had some run-ins that I haven't had in years, and I'll talk to. I'll talk to, talk some more about that tomorrow night. But I do want to ask people who listen to your show to subscribe to your newsletter at truthworks.ning.com, and on your Facebook pages, subscribe to you. And I, I do want to ask you as your executive producer. Uh, to visit your own Facebook page sometimes. <laughs> I'm <Where is> gone <laughs> now. <laughs> where is it? Where is it again? <laughs> All right, Janice. Thank you. Thank you very much, Janice Graham. Of our common ground, tomorrow night is open mic night, and she's also the CEO of TruthWorks Network. She's my boss, but she's also my secretary. Nine two nine four seven seven. Two eight six seven. Let me go back to the phone. Two oh five. Thank you for calling the Alpha Show. Welcome to Truth Work Network. Howdy. Good evening. Good evening. Two oh five. Yes, sir. I was just sitting here yeah. listening to you. I was, in, I was enjoying listening to you. Um, I uh, uh, I think I got to listen to you one of your shows last week, and. Um, I enjoyed listening to you then. I wanted to uh, talk to you or mention to you, do you remember uh, at the tail end of the Bush administration and the beginnings of the Obama administration when they were, uh, when they had burned so many black churches, like over 100? Yes. Uh, That was, they didn't get a single license number. They never caught a single person. They never, no pictures of any cars. I I almost feel for certain that some type of agency um, had done all that, trying to get some kind of uh, revolt started up. Well, how can you how can you catch those types of perpetrators? when you have ghost soldiers who are running rampant and our law enforcement that are down there well most of this occurred. well there's probably some of them some of them there too uh it's just uh, it seems that um 
Uh, well, for instance, I mean, nobody, you ever heard of any bank robbers that got away with robbing 100 banks? I mean, the odds are so <laughs> far against something like that being able to be carried on. But the biggest thing, I, you know, was that uh, nobody blew up and let them do, you know, go and do stupid things and get something started that shouldn't shouldn't be started. And kind of like the way that it is now, I never, in my lifetime, I never thought that I would see things back, you know, racial stuff back like it is now uh, from from long ago. I just just never saw that coming. Well, I've, I've got to be honest with you, 205. Uh, that has always been in the back of my mind because at, of, to a certain point, uh, these um, these people were getting a little bit uppity with their progress, and it had to be stopped. You know, we have a history of that. This country has a history of that. They burned up Black Wall Street. And on and on with, you know, each and every, with Rosewood, with, with I mean, there are so many uh, examples of they're getting too strong. We have to stop them. It it makes for a, a very interesting conversation when you have bombs being dropped on a city block in Philadelphia because there are a family of people who, just don't want to cooperate and won't comply. They have no problem with those deaths. They have no problem with that kind of collateral damage, that they will continue to perpetrate. The, the guy, the, the, care, uh, the, the caregiver who was shot with his hands up, shot in the leg, and when he asked the officer, why did you shoot me? The officer says, I don't know. And then you find that the police chief, his police chief, has been suspended for changing the officer's story. You see it from San Francisco to Los Angeles to Ohio to Florida to New York to Alabama. You see the racist emails. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that the ghost soldiers of the Klan have thoroughly and completely infiltrated our judicial system, the prosecutors, and the police. When you have, sadly, five cops shot dead in Dallas, and one of those cops, come to find out, was a white supremacist, uh, and you have three cops shot dead in Baton Rouge, and the emphasis is only the outcry of the country, of the communities, are about the dead cops and not about the reason, not back to the, you know, to the underlying cause, the anger. And the two people who shot these officers were military trained, suffering from uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And yet, we still can't have a conversation about guns. We can't even talk about it. They won't. They pass laws not to allow the government to study it. And they, the gun manufacturers can't be held to account 
like the tobacco industry was. The only thing a gun is made for is to kill. Hunting is fine. You can have your weapon and Second Amendment rights, period. But when you see the carnage in the streets of America at a rate of over 33,000 a year, you have to be a little bit jaundiced when you can't come up with common sense gun control. Register them like cars. Just like automobiles, you have to register them. You have to get training. You have to get insurance. That's how they should be handled. And yet, the legislative bodies are bought and paid for by an industry of, um, you'd have to call them antiquated warriors because all they want to do is watch the carnage. So I would just hope that there would be some type of change in America itself. Well, and into all in order, the problems. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, they have to think in order for something like that to happen. Um, you have do have to have an ongoing dialogue. And the most important part, though, is you can't uh, be divided. And that's a constant thing in the political system, that there always has to be a bad guy. And one will wear that mantra for a while, and then later the other one will pick it up. And all the time, moving farther and farther and farther from where, uh, where we begin. And I don't know that it can be fixed, but I I surely would like for it to be. Well, 205, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. We have to start somewhere, and it it doesn't show promise because our picks to run this nation have no have no stomach for the, that type of fight. And that that's one of the things I'm not understanding about the choices that we have. 205, I want to thank you for your call, brother, and keep on listening, and it's greatly appreciated. And um, I'll put you on mute so you can continue to listen, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. 929 is the number. Let me go to the phones. 773. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling TruthWorks Network. Brother Alpha, what's happening tonight, man? How are you? This is uh, House Music Lover. House. House. Uh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you would call me with 40 minutes left in the program and not five. I know. So how early, you doing? Right? <laughs> You're early. <laughs> How you doing, Alice? Uh, I'm good. Just trying to keep cool. Um, loving this uh, retro Florida weather we're having. Got me a nice tan today, base tan, you know. <laughs> you, you still in Chicago, right? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay, because I, I don't know because I, we, we, I'm Waco. We ain't coming out. 
<laughs> well, I'm out. I'm out for you and whoever else ain't coming out, man. I'm lo- I love this weather. That's why I moved down to South Florida, and I might move be moving back in the next couple of years. That is, if uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz not around, because she seems to be screwing it up for everybody. Her well, you, her, know uh, she you know she ain't going nowhere, don't you? She has a very formidable. Is she behind? I think they're somewhere neck and neck. Um, so she may be out it too. And she keeps making moves like this. And I don't know if you saw these uh, WikiLeaks that came out regarding the uh, uh, DNC and, um, you know, some stuff they were plotting against Sanders. And I've checked it out. <clears throat> I checked out a little bit of it anyway. And it isn't a lot that we hadn't, that Sanders hadn't already said during the campaign. Um, it's just verifying it. Yeah, so, but it's yeah, her, they, her opponent. It's her opponent taking advantage of it and messaging in the proper way. You see, we see progressives or liberals call it what you want. We seem to have this, 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 this mindset of we're not going to talk about that because it's too damaging. Instead of going in and fighting with like they fight, the Clintons fight like Republicans. They dirty, they low down, and they're back door. That's why they are the Clintons. Mm-hmm. You got too many yeah. Democrats who don't do that. Too many progressives who don't believe in that, and that's why they can't overthrow these Wall Street Democrats like Schumer and uh, what's the boy name here in Illinois? Durbin. You know, there's so many blue dogs, uh, Wall Street Democrats, if you will, that the progressive the progressive movement, unless we begin to behave like Tea Partiers, unless we revolt and walk lockstep as a no against Wall Street Democrats, just like they purged many of the blue dogs, and the Republicans did that to gain control, and they did successfully. And yeah, when we talk about, hey, we, we, what, what can we do? I've heard the, the guy that's running against her on a couple of different radio shows, and he sounds straightforward. He doesn't really uh, sound like he's gonna, he would pull punches. And I believe those uh, leaks, well, I just found them today. I don't know if they came out today, yesterday, sometime this week or not. But I haven't seen anything in, as far as uh, him um, alluding to those as his opponent. But, yeah, you're right. You have a really good point. And um, you may see that point come to fruition um, with the election and, and with this nominate or uh, uh, Clinton uh, giving a nod to Tim Kaine. As her vice president um, Because he is garbage He's garbage like Debbie Wasserman Schultz Like the Clintons Like Obama has been And he's, he will give everything That <clears throat> people Who wanted um, uh, Bernie Sanders um, He's going to be opposite Of what all those people that voted, voted for Bernie Wanted um, He's not a progressive He's not a liberal Um He's a Republican, just like Hillary. And, uh, yeah, I think there should be some blowback, um, and there should be 
that revolt you're talking about. I don't know if it's going to be by black folks. I don't know if it's simply going to be by the Bernie folks. Um, or it's going to be, you know, the the people that were, were Barack can do no wrong for. I don't know. Um, but better, it has to be some kind of revolt because this is a joke. Um, yeah. To have to choose between. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying, yeah, it's a joke. Go ahead. Um, yeah, to have to choose between these two candidates, you know, it's you're chopping your left hand off or chopping your right hand off. Uh, but you're going to lose something voting for either one of these uh, uh, candidates and their platforms. Um, I mean, the Trump thing, I didn't watch, <clears throat> excuse me, virtually any of it, um, but I heard all about it. And I don't know if Clinton's going to get that kind of uh, press with hers. I think Trump can win just by what he's doing um, without having to do any more without ever having a platform. That's the way uh, Governor Rowaner got elected. He didn't tell anybody what he was going to do, uh, do when once he got elected and see what he did once he got in, just like Ryan up in Wisconsin. Um, and Trump can do the same if for no other reason because he gets so much freaking press, so much. He stays in the press. Let's see what he does. He doesn't have anything scheduled for next week. No appearances, no campaigning, but let's see how often he gets coverage over the Democratic National Convention. He gets so much press, man. It's astonishing. So I think we got to look out for that. Well, he just because he—that's how he won the primary. He basically bamboozled the press along with uh, the stupid. And you—you look, look. The man knows one thing. That's the narcissistic, I'm first, it's all about me, me, me. But when he gave that speech yesterday, and I saw, you know, clips of it, he said, he's the only one who can save us. You know, that is so much ad material there. And I'm sure the Clintons will pick up on that. And because I, I do believe they have so many ads that they can't air them all. They don't have the money to air all of the low-hanging fruit from what this guy says. You can go to either the plagiarism from his wife and her lies about finishing college. Imagine Michelle Obama plagiarizing and lying about whether or not she finished college and the whole nine yards, the whole feel of this crap. Look at the sons. Look at... Look at the, the bigotry uh, that has been taught to his sons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it's, just, it's just so far over the top. Hispanics, blacks, uh, white folks who are real thinkers, you have to be a fool to believe this canard, this Carnival Barker, this snake oil salesman, that he and he alone can restore everything. You know, he hasn't given you one policy. He can define that he can articulate to the American people that's going to make it better. His economic plan will blow up the debt. His economic plan will plunge the nation into another recession. And those are that's by economists. That's what economists are saying about his plan. 
He wants to cut the corporate tax back to 25%, thus raising it on the middle class, but he's telling you something different. And every step of the way this man is basically campaigning, just as Mitt Romney did, on an avalanche of lies. Don't tell me about uh, what you're going to do and, and hypotheticals and what his opponent thinks and they're going to take your guns. See, this is all cookie-cutter bullshit. And it just it angers me more and more when I hear this kind of nonsense and people still sit back and go, you would rather vote for someone else on principle than to stop this man from becoming president of the United States. And I'll say it again. I hope that many of these black people who will sit at home with full diapers, will be able to survive four years of Donald Trump. Will be able to survive four years of bankruptcy. It's no guarantee that those same people will be able to survive four years of Hillary Clinton. Well, let me put it like I guarantee you they will. I guarantee you they will. Bernie Sanders has pulled her so far to the left that she has to, there are certain subjects she has to stay left on. No, the Democratic uh, platform. Uh-uh. No, that's, that, that's done. That, all that's over with. It's a reset. She pushed the reset button. When she asked Tim Kaine to be the vice president, that's the reset button push. All that's clear. You in a new day. You play bid with, you get somebody up off the table, somebody come else, somebody else come sit down, what they call it? It's a new day. It's a new game. She doesn't have to stick to any of that, none of it. If they can uh, uh, figure out a way, uh, what is it, triangulate they're so famous for, and and just, like you say, message it, message it, uh, it right, uh, like Trump is doing, they don't have to do anything. They could push through that TPP. They could push through uh, uh, the pipeline if they want to. Uh, they can do the, the tax cut, the drastic tax cut if they wanted to. Um, what did uh, uh, Janice just tell us, how they're redoing all of the government programs, and they can do all of that. She doesn't have to do jack. Um, Bernie Sanders has been, for lack of a better word, emasculated because he lost. His power is gone. It's done. It's a wrap. The only thing that can, that can, that can keep her in the straight and narrow up until the election is the threat that folks won't vote for. But once, if they vote for her, once she gets in, she can do whatever the hell she wants to. She's not going to be held by um, by any of us. She knows that. And she also knows that it'll be one term. But read into what she just did by picking Tim Kaine. Once she is done with her first four years, I don't think she's going to go for another four. And I think they'll be trying to push Jim Kane on everyone. And Jim Kane is a, believe me, let me, let me go Donald Trump on you. Believe me, loser. He's a loser. He was the DNC head. He was head of the DNC from 2009 to 2011. Democrats never lost, had never lost so big than we did under his leadership at the DNC. Yeah, you, you you're right. Um, what was it that other? All the 
Dirty Tricks, and he has the DNC, DLC, DCCC agenda also. So her nominating him and she wins, I mean, they got they got full control. Um, so, yeah, what? Clinton will still be a millionaire. She still has a Clinton Global Initiative. She tied in all that corporate money. What is she going to lose? I mean, these people are really, they're playing for self um, or very few. And I ain't in it. I'm not in that crew. I'm not part of the people who are going to be uh, okay and still getting what they're getting. No, I mean this is this is a totally different game. I mean when she when I when I read that headline, that was nothing but a f you. That was she don't need me. She doesn't she doesn't need you. And to talk about her and to talk her up, even versus Donald Trump at this point, it's a moot point. It's moot. You're going to get a shit sandwich no matter who you vote for. For me, that's my humble opinion. My humble opinion. Well, you have to you have to remain uh, optimistic that there will be, that Bernie Sanders will have awakened millennials and will have awakened a segment of the populace and electorate that says, we are going to keep an eye on you. You will not do this. The progressive movement must continue. And I said this back when Occupy first came out. This is what Occupy Wall Street should have been doing from the very beginning, mobilizing and working from within the system to pull the Democratic Party back to the left where they belong to pull the Democratic Party back to a progressive position that says we are going to look out for the middle class. We're going to expand Social Security and Medicare. Now, the, did you see the, um, the Department of Justice is challenging the, the merger of, the, of four large health care systems? Uh, there, there are two deals that, they've, that they're going to Oppose Cigna, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. and they're going to oppose them because it will drive the prices, the premiums up, and that's how they. That's how, yeah, that's how they set up uh, the Affordable Care Act for failure, and that's how mm-hmm. they give Republicans the talking point. Your premiums are going up. We told you, Obamacare was this, Obamacare was that. When in fact, it's the insurance companies that drive the narrative and drive the, I would say, the linchpin of higher premium. Mm-hmm. Public, public option, Medicare for all, the public option will basically begin to drive health care companies, insurance companies out of business. And I know people want to say, y'all, we don't want government running it. Government will run it because private sector has been proven to be untrustworthy, greedy, and completely, completely nefarious, insidious. Call, give, it, give it a name. Give the private sector a name. Mm-hmm. Well, because they mean so good. Well, the, um, I say either one of those choices, they're just going to drive, uh, they're going to drive it all back to the private sector anyway. they those folks will get. They're going to get taken care of. They're going to get taken care of splendidly. 
They're not going to miss out on a dime. Hillary Clinton is the biggest shill uh, there is on the planet. She ain't going. She's not going to tie them and make them do anything. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, did I say nothing? Let me say nothing. <laughs> not a damn thing. Um, so I, I have zero. Uh, I'm not looking forward to any of it. I have zero optimism. Um, I, I, for me, I see the writing on the wall. Um, and the, the scary part is, Janice mentioned it, the, 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 the white nationalist message and, and those groups, you know, have been reforming and building, and they got their spokespeople out, you know, and they're out and about, they're bigots and proud of it, and they get to open carry. <laughs> no, man, this is... I don't care which one of them gets elected. This is going to be some garbage. I mean, you have no idea. I don't have a real idea. I just have a, you know, inkling. But it's about to be some garbage. You know, and let Trump or whoever threaten, you know, Black Lives Matter as a as a, a protest entity or whatever. It it's just a not a lot of folks are not going to matter. Period, man. No protection. I ain't talking about walking down the street. I'm talking about job. I'm talking about all these regulations and EPA. They're going to get rid of all of that. With Paul Ryan being the number three, no, man, this is libertarian city. And what the libertarians don't want, in case Clinton does win, um, she's going to give them everything else that they want, too. This is is a true lose-lose. There is no winning option. This is a lose lose. The name, the name you're looking for is called Somalia. What's <laughs> <laughs> the name you're looking for is Somalia? Continue yeah. the fracking, poison the water. We can't grow a damn thing around here. And then, yeah. what do you got after that? You destroy the environment, you destroy the air. You poison our water, and what do you want? What are you going to have? You're going to have the inability to live. Then it'll be a real barter town. Then you'll really have uh, beyond Thunderdome, people selling radioactive and polluted water in the streets. Mm. No, 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 right? Oh, the book right. of Eli. Take your pick. Which one? Yeah. Which one you want? The book of Eli goes to way, way too far. The book of Eli. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, um, it's, it's, I think it's really going to get ugly and nasty. Um, there's no choice. There's no choice in this. None whatsoever. Not for somebody like me. Um, none whatsoever. So I guess maybe the only answer is, um, you know, you got to look further within and, um you got to uh, narrow that community and, um, you know, really, really focus on not just doing for self, but um, be laser focused in on it and um, have a true plan and scale back. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not talking about digging a hole in, in, in the ground and living underground or anything like that, but, um, man, this is this is really 
about to get ugly. Um, that those M and A's, mergers and acquisitions you're talking about, they're not just going on in healthcare though. You know, it, it's all the, the telecom companies and the cell phone, you know, cable. You know, all these big companies they're trying to merge because all of them sitting all all this money. They just want to eat each other up and get bigger and grow monopolies. That's you know one of the three things they want to do. Two main things. What is it? What is it? Three things are, are, are monopolies, cut taxes, and no regulations. You know, three out of the top five. That that's all they want to yeah. do. So if you got sucky internet now, you got you're paying two hundred a month for uh, some two TVs to get cable. Maybe HBO channel. It's just gonna go up. There, there, there's gonna be no relief uh, for anybody. It, it's just gonna. It's, it's just everything else is just gonna cost more. It's gonna be fewer choices. And um, you know they're gonna. You know eventually it's just gonna reach into your bank account and snatch that shit out. Even if you don't want to pay, try and cut it off. And no, you still owe us some money. You're gonna less chance of you. Um, you know, protesting by not paying them. They're just going to go in and take it. You know, they're going to show up to work one day, <clears throat> show up to work one day, and somebody's going to be waiting for you with an unsigned check with your handwriting on it. I'm going to sign here or else. It's I mean, it's, it's really good. It's going to get ugly. I think it's really going to get ugly. It's going to get real petty, too. Really, really petty. And what happened today, I don't know if you saw that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it was uh, somewhere in Germany. You know, all this little stuff, all these little hits um, from you know, these ISIS followers and stuff, it's just going to help Trump. Um, well, but... Because white I, folks I, get... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, you mentioned that um, Donald Trump is just the tool of ISIS. Because yeah, what yeah. they'll do, knowing that he's going to fearmonger to win mm-hmm. the election... They will continue with these hit-and-run types of terrorist attacks, knowing he's going to use that to provoke and promote the fear of the American public. So he can win the election, and when he walks into the White House and begins the war on Islam, it'll be Islam versus the West, and that's what ISIS is looking for. Yeah. Hey, I just picked up a book from the library. It's a book by Malcolm Nance, Defeating ISIS. It's excellent. It's thick as hell. <laughs> it's going to take me three weeks to finish it. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty good. And it, it gives a really good history. I kind of jumped ahead a little bit in the book and uh, history of the uh, of how ISIS kind of type groups have um, come along. And it's happened, I think, four or five times uh in the history of Islam, different death cults. And that's, that's all that it is. It's a, it's a death cult. That's all that it is. Um, but it's a really good book so far. Um, people have time. Do some summer reading. Malcolm Nance, uh, Defeating ISIS. Hey, and uh, also I'm looking at this clock. I'm see you probably got to get out of here. I want to uh, plug that uh, event. <laughs> Any, <clears throat> excuse me. Anybody in Chicago, August 6th, uh, you can go to streets2016.com. Um, we're putting on a 50th year commemorative March Market Park. Uh, the March Dr. King took on August 5th, 1966. We're doing it 50 years and a day later to the day. We're also committing a statue in Market Park 
of uh, Dr. Dr. King uh, would be the first statue, um, <clears throat> I believe, in the park. And um, August 6th, I believe it's 10 a.m., 9, 10 a.m., we're kicking off the march to Marquette Park. We're retracing his steps. Um, we'll lead uh, into Marquette Park. We'll have a, a bunch of speakers, great speakers, um, the first part of the morning. Um, and then we're going to do a concert uh, from about 1 until about 9 in the evening. Uh, we got vendors, food vendors out there. Um, it's going to be family fun. I think we're going to have a Ferris wheel or something. Uh, headlining the shows, we're going to have uh, our brother Ali. We're going to have a sister who's international named Yuna, and we're going to have um, uh, we're going to have Rakim, a very B and Rakim uh, fame closing closing the evening out. If you want to check it out? Once again, it's streets2016.com. Streets2016.com. Um, it should be a, a great day, a great event. And I told you, I'm going to come get you. You say you're close to the park, so I'm going to come get you. Well, you have to come get me because <laughs> we wait, though. We're coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, we're going to cordon off a little piece of the park, and the entrance is, uh, I think it's right there on 67th in Sacramento. So if you're close to that. Yeah, that's 67th in Sacramento, yeah. I'm about, uh, I'm actually about uh, Stonesville. I'm just west of Damon on 72nd. Okay. I'll be in the area. We'll figure out a way to get me there for a minute. Somebody, well, uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday, I I finally got out to the doctor for the first time since uh, I got out of the house for the first time since uh, I came home, and that was in mid-October. So I I, I, I had to get to the doctor, and I did uh, achieve that goal to get out of the house and be able to get into a car. So Hmm. it was in much pain, but I did it. I got there. Okay. I'll be looking to advance and do a little bit more, get a little bit Get a little bit more done and a little bit and a little bit at a time. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're rooting for you, hoping you feel better, hoping you're making that progress. But, uh, you know, take your time with it. But right now I'm just incarcerated. <laughs> this is my own incarceration. We'll do what we can, man, to try and get you out there. Um, but either way, like I said it should be a good day. It should be a good event. Um, we'll see what's what. Thanks for letting me put that out there, too. And that's on August 6th. August 6th. Saturday, August okay. 6th, Marquette Park. All right, then, Hal. All right, street2016.com. Hey. All right. Thank you for calling. I'm going to put you on mute, so... I think you're not in my chat room, so I'll put you on mute so you can continue to listen to the show. Thank you, brother. Talk to everybody soon. Peace. All right. House music lover. Um, it's August, and pay attention. <laughs> They'll be out there, and um, they will be 
striving to um, to reenact March. And I keep getting the emotion on my board, like uh, there's no mute on my board here. It's all, oh. And hang up on call back. I won't even hang up on you. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's stop circling there. Wow. But um, that's the that's August sixth. And the rein, the they will follow the footsteps of the uh, housing march, Dr. Martin Luther King, the Marquette Park. So I hope many of you here can join him. I've got um, a few things, a few more things. The the um, the court, the federal court has struck down the voter ID bill in Texas. Um, And at the same time, uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court has upheld, was it Wisconsin? Jesus. They've upheld the, um, or was it in Virginia? It's hard to tell them without a program. But the Supreme Court has upheld the ban on allowing ex-felons, ex-felons to vote. Over 200,000 can't vote. I believe that was in Virginia. But, uh, but no, that, that would be that, that's just too, too much. Absolutely too much. The Texas, um, the appeals court struck down the Texas Voting Rights uh, Voting Rights Act violation, and they struck it down. So they can't implement this. You can't use school IDs. All of this stuff would disenfranchise minorities, elderly, poor, and student voters. And the proponents once again argued that the change was geared at cracking down on voter fraud, you know, that mysterious ghost-like excuse that they can't um, substantiate. It's just a solution looking for a problem, like these bathroom bills. Just a solution looking for a problem. And can somebody please tell me where have all of these transgender people been going to the bathroom and they never noticed they never noticed, but now it's a big deal. And, oh, by the way, North Carolina has lost the 2017 NBA All-Star game because of their bathroom bill. They've lost countless revenues, let alone federal dollars. That still has to work its way through the courts because they're being challenged, they're being sued. And we have to wait and watch and see if we're going to have legalized bigotry because this country, this nation is great for that. This nation is known for that. When you hear someone saying and talking about 
how great the nation is. When you hear people tell you, well, I didn't have no, I don't own no slaves. You were never a slave. They leave out certain things about slavery as we know it. And I'm going to run this for you. And this will take me up and out. But I'm going, I will sign off as usual. America, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. But the question is, how did it accumulate its wealth? Um, this is a nation founded on genocide and built, built on the back of slaves. All right? Um, so, so we started with a racial problem. We, want, we tried to actually eliminate one entire race, and then we used another race to build this country actually quite quickly as a new country into a world power. This country never would have had the wealth that it had had it not had slavery for a couple of hundred years. But I say to white people, look, you didn't do it. You say, yeah, that's right. We, we didn't have nothing to do with slavery. Yeah, but because of slavery, when you immigrants came here, America was already built with the blood, the sweat of my ancestors. So you got what you got because your fathers gave us what they gave us. One mistake that's often made is showing how the South, the Confederacy, acquired their wealth off of the back of our ancestors. And even then, it's reduced to just a few slave owners who saw a real benefit. No. Chattel slavery of blacks benefited the South, but just as much it benefited the North and all of America and its many European immigrants. America's economic structure was propelled by its dominant export sold throughout the world, cotton. This one crop provided over half of all U.S. export earnings. And by 1840, 60% of the world's cotton was grown, picked, and labored over for free by our ancestors. These plantation owners were raking in money, accumulating great wealth, and never having to pay one dime to their laborers. But the North, the North was just as involved. The North developed a variety of businesses that provided services to the slave South, like textile factories, insurance companies, shippers, and cotton brokers. But it doesn't stop at the slave owner or the businesses that provided the services to the slave system. Banks, yes. Bankers on Wall Street made millions selling goods to the South. Along with giving loans and creating banks to finance Southern plantations. And much of the same wealth they still have today. Let me give you some examples. J.P. Morgan and Chase Bank admitted that between the years of 1831 to 1865, two of their predecessor banks, Citizens Bank and Canal Bank in Louisiana accepted 13,000 slaves as collateral on loans that slave masters defaulted. One of the more successful banking families that built much of their wealth 
on the slave trade was the Brown family, more commonly known as the Brown Brothers and Harriman Company, which is the oldest and largest private investment bank. The Brown Brothers owned hundreds of slaves. This family dominated the cotton industry. They made a huge fortune by lending millions to southern planters and cotton brokers. Another portion of their wealth came by renting and the sales of slave ships they sold to slave merchants. They served as one of the most important sources of capital in foreign exchange in the U.S. economy. Wachovia Bank, recently acquired by Wells Fargo, also profited heavily off of this cruel system. Mayor Rothschild, a German banker and the founder of the Rothschild banking dynasty, which is believed to have become the wealthiest family in human history, made enormous gains by using our ancestors as collateral. The insurance industry also saw great benefits from slavery. Companies like AIG, Aetna, New York Life were the forerunners in this industry. But see, it's also very important to note that these same plantation owners and business owners would donate large sums of this wealth in order to train their children and the next generation on containing the wealth. For example, Harvard. Harvard was built due to large amounts of money given by Isaac Royal, a plantation owner in the Caribbean islands of Antigua who made a massive fortune off of his many sugar plantations. All right. This nation's progress, this nation's wealth, the success of capitalism originates with slavery. Like everything else, taken, stolen, seized, give it a name, be it religion, be it the nonsense of Western civilization. And did you hear the the uh, what was the what's the guy's name? Stephen King. His absurdity. Western civilization was responsible for all of the innovative innovations that the United States and the Western world enjoys. His ignorance, his willful ignorance, and not to be able to articulate the fact that all of that came from the cradle of life in Egypt, from the Moors, from people of color, people with melon. Go to my Facebook page, The Alpha Shore. Go to TruthWorks Network Facebook page. And there is information there on each page about the history and the uh, application and the things that people of color have contributed to civilization. Don't take my word for it. Understand who these damn people are. Any lawmaker, while making a six-figure salary, receiving a Cadillac benefit, and becoming a millionaire from being in office, 
who tells poor and disabled, disadvantaged, that they must make sacrifices has no business as a legislator or being called a decent human being. And yet we are willing to so focus on a media that is complicit in the rise of a Donald Trump face of hate. Trump gives bigots a voice, encourages violence. His hateful statements are un-American. He has no longer a joke. Instead, he's a sickness that needs to be cured. Be careful. This could come to fruition. And I'll say it and I'll continue to say it. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just dance.